0: Last preschool, and uh, I want to especially thank Pastor Wilson and Judy Don for opening their church here yes. and um, yes. inviting us. And Jamie, she, I know she's been working so hard; it's, has everything so pretty and decorated, and uh, I appreciate that. Yes. And I know Frida, I, I know she had to leave, but um, she has been a great friend the ladies of Purdy Full Life Fellowship you all had parts registering and taking pictures and everything and we appreciate it I really appreciate that being the pastor's wife I know you just can't do it all yourself you need good women in the church to help Um, I thank you for the food the delicious food and yes I wrote this all down because I don't want to leave anybody out (laughs) Um, but I also want to thank my Wonderful husband and pastor, J.D. Yes. Allison. But don't already start crying. I can be a crier. <laughs> That's alright. But I, I love him so much, and we've been married 30 years. He is my covering. Yes. And uh, he's like the umbrella over our family. Uh, I think my family, my children that are here, and grandchildren. My Church family and my sister, I'm so excited. My sister and nieces came over, here. That means a lot to me. And my grandsons are back in the nursery. I really think you guys can finding someone who can watch them. I appreciate that. Okay, so. I guess I'll just kind of give a little bit of introduction. Um, mainly a woman just like you. I try to follow and listen to God, Um, also an educator, this is my 18th year, I've taught everything from preschool to GED classes, and um, right now I'm teaching special education in Monette, and I'm excited about that, that was a God-open opportunity. Um, I'm also a mother, that that I consider my most treasured. And as you know, my name is Teresa, so in high school, my friends would go around and tease me and say, Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa. And I didn't like that, because I'm like, I'm nothing like the Mother Teresa, you know. And, but over the years, the Lord has shown me that is one of my callings, is to be a mother, not just over my children and grandchildren, Um, but for others, and that was hard for me to um, accept. And last Saturday I had Lewis, my oldest grandson, at our house, and we were looking at the picture of the whole family that we'd done at Christmas, and you know, we were talking about it and everything, and he goes, Nana, you're a grandma. And I said, Yes, I am a grandma. And he looked at me, he said, No, I didn't say grandma, I said grandmom. You're a grand mom. And that just stuck with me. And the Lord is like, even he, he can see that, you know, that is one of the callings that God has has uh, had to rise up into. And whenever um, I was receiving my ordination, I had to go meet in front of this committee. And if any of you know me very much, you know I'm, basically a very shy person. But when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of me, I could be bold. <laughs> um, but I had to meet in front of this committee, you know, and Brother Don Miller just looked at me and asked me, says, why do you want to be ordained?" name? Because he knew, I mean, I'm a pastor, so well, that should be enough, you know. And I remember the words the Lord gave me was that I really, really had a passion to teach, and to help mothers. Being an educator, being a pastor's wife, I see children that have parents that have no clue, no clue how to raise children. And sometimes we think, oh, that's out there. But now I'm talking church families too. And a lot of it, they just, nobody's teaching them. And so one thing I felt led to do today, and I have these papers back there, Back in 1998, I took this class at Abundant Life. It's in the Gandia show. It's called Focusing on Christian Womanhood. And um, just the last couple of weeks, I found it, and I was looking through it. And they have this whole section about practical tips. And I really would like for you to pick up one of those as you need. Um, they're all different colored papers. So one is practical tips for mothers of children, birth through teen years. So these are practical things you can do as a mother, and they're biblical and they're, and some of just common sense. But some things you may not have ever thought of. Here's one survival tips for the mothers of teens, and I know this is the biggest one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it covers a lot. Then I have one, practical tips for the married daughter slash daughter-in-law, and practical tips for the mother-in-law, practical tips for grandmothers, and then I also have one, practical tips for mommies of little babies. And um, you know, as women, we go through different stages, and I like (coughs) how this had. Tips for each stage. When I, I called the company this past week, they gave me permission to print these off, and so I was very excited about that. Okay. Um, I would like to ask my husband to pray over this. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your mercy. by saying uh, I have never preached a sermon like this that the Lord gave me ever. <laughs> ever. And it's scary. It's very scary to me. But I, I know the Lord well enough after serving Him all these years that I better not disobey. that he's harsh or anything, but I love him too much. And to know that I disobeyed him hurts me more than any other thing. And uh, so I have some verses. I kind of thought that one lady was going to preach my sermon almost there for a while. (laughs) Okay, first one, Joshua 24. You want to turn Joshua 24 14 through 25. Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Now, this is Joshua speaking to the children of Israel. He's at the end of his life, and he knows it is, so he's giving final instructions. So he's telling the congregation there, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. That's one of my all time scripture verses. We even had that song sung at our wedding, my husband and I. Um, Verse 16 So the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our sight. And preserved us in all the way that we went. And among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people. Including the Amorites who dwelt in the land. We also will serve the Lord for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people. You cannot serve the Lord for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods. Then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he has done you good. And the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. So Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses Now, therefore, he said, put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord, our God, we will serve and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day. He made for them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. And the reason I had this because Joshua... He, he made a stand there, and hes he wants them to serve the Lord, and um, he's saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He did make a stand this is what we're going to do, and the next verses I want us to look up. Looks like they didn't print out but I know where they are. <laughs> okay, Nehemiah chapter four. I love the book of Nehemiah. It's one of my favorites, and it's it's about rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. course when they started doing that Nehemiah was leading them and they came against some oppression but look at verses 13 and 14 therefore I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears and their bows and I looked around, he looked around, and he arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And I like how he, he set them up by families. They were going to rebuild the wall, guard the wall, and he's telling them, remember. Who the Lord is. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your brothers. Okay. Now Isaiah 58. Verses 12. Here the Lord is calling. And he's promised to the godly. Said there are those from among you that shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach. A breach is like a hole, a breakdown in the wall. Okay. All right, so... I don't know if Brother Wilson, if he has any of those pictures. i are gonna try. It says God is building up a generation of women who know how to fight. People keep scrolling down, please. We stand in the gap. There's a, another verse about how God was looking for someone to stand in the gap, but He could not find anyone. As you can see there's a there's a gap in that mountain there. Okay, the next picture. Here's two people standing in the gap. And then the last picture. This is a wall. I believe it's um, the ruins in Zimbabwe. And they had a wall built all around. But you can see, it's, it's starting to decay and there's holes in it. Okay, so what the Lord put on my heart Is that as mothers and grandmothers, we have built walls around our family. We're trying to protect them. We try to make sure they have good food. <laughs> uh, they go to sports where we can be healthy. And we might even take them to church once a week. But here in America, the spiritual wall, there's this gigantic wall gap. Yes. And we're not even realizing it. There's a big gap that Satan can just shoo, come right through and attack our children. That's right. Uh, the reason I'm doing this is because I'm mad. I'm very mad. I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of What Satan is doing to our children, to this generation. Um, I'm going to focus on one specific area. And you may not like it. You're like, this is a women's conference, and this is what you're going to focus on. But God told me to do it. And I even told my husband, you may need to go outside, have the car warming up in case I need to get out of here. (laughs) The Lord said, talk about the pornographic culture. Okay. And I'm going to deal with this because I'm mad about it. Uh, there's, a, You know why it's so prevalent? There's an explosion in demand. If... Okay, there are 42 million people enslaved in the sex industry in this world. It is widespread. I think sometimes we think, oh, it's just a few people, a few bad apples over here. But the demand for illicit sex from men, mainly men, men, from all walks of life, all races, religions, social, economic. In Germany, one point there are 1.5 million purchases of illicit sex per day. Yeah. Per day. And I'm not just talking about prostitution, I'm talking about internet, phones, yeah. all of that.
1: Israel, the little country of Israel, one
0: million purchases per month. In Brazil, 70% purchase, 70% of the men purchase illicit sex. The reason I'm so angry about it because what is it doing to our children? There are a few people in California and whatever valley that is, Silicon Valley, they actually plan and organize and have a script of the uh, pornography. It's almost like a whole other universe. It's almost like an avatar. They have the men and they have these scripts. And the men are always devoid of humanity, of care, of compassion. And the thing that is so sad is that little boys, they say the average age now that they are exposed to porn, first exposure is 11 years old. Mm. That is the main sex education for our boys. Most of them aren't hearing any other storyline. They're not hearing. They're not seeing. And children at 11 years old, their brains are not developed all the way yet. Neurologically, the front of your brain is where um, you have the judgment part. So they're seeing all these pictures, and their body may be aroused, but.
1: They don't have the judgment to
0: say oh this is good this is bad yet so they see that and they start internalizing and they think oh that's what it's like to be a man and they internalize it and internalize it and they watch more and more then we have Twitter did you know they welcome you if you're 13 years old to open an account at Twitter? Twitter also is boldly and unabashedly a marketing arm of pornography. And is completely unfiltered. So are they a platform for kids or are they a platform for adults? Where is the church? How have we let this go so far? It is normalized. It is normalized. And I'm probably going to say some things that you're not going to like. But I, I raised two sons and two daughters, and you might see some of them up here think, oh, well, they had it all together. No, we've had some battles. <laughs> we've had some battles. And this is prevalent. The girls, now they're saying women, more and more women are on the pornographic site. Some of it unwittingly, some of it is, all oh, their boyfriends or their spouses have dragged them on it. I don't know, uh, uh, Pastor, were you able to get that video clip? I've no. got it. I don't know if I've got sound or not. Okay, when you do, just let me know. The internet is a city without walls. A reckless disregard for children. For the convenience of men. You know, Satan hates women. He hates men too, but he hates women. Yes. It was through a woman that, you know, he was put down to the seat, Jesus. And these pornographic sites is mainly about money and for men. And what they're showing, all the women and the girls, it is not healthy, it's not a concern or love for each other, it's complete degradation. And in every one of those, the women ever, never, ever say no. They make it look like this is what you're supposed to do. And uh, so it becomes... Women's suffering to feed the male ego. Hmm. It destroys our view of sex. Marriage sexuality breeds life, it's the centerpiece of life. Sex, our healthy sexuality. But this issue, pornography, is breaking up marriages and homes. There's relational sex, which is mutual, concerned with your partner, empathy, kindness, healthy. There's object sexuality. It's totally devoid of respect, dignity. It's self-seeking. It makes another person the object. It always produces an extended person. Then last is malevolent sex. Finding pleasure in the degradation of another person. Young boys see this and they think this is what sex looks like and what it looks like to be a man. Pornography has become normalized at such young ages that it's become a public health crisis. Like I said, I have two sons, I have two daughters. And they all went to public school. We had to raise (laughs) them. We had to raise them. And my boys. We We did everything we could. They went to church. They knew Jesus. But when you're bombarded at school, when you're bombarded everywhere, you know, I can look up Something on the internet, maybe you want to hear a sermon And if it happens to be the wrong name You can get pictures of a pornographic site Because some of, somebody else has that name yes. It is just so out there yeah. And Okay There's been such a hypersexualization Of females And Satan has done this Girls growing up think this is what sex looks like. They see these liberated, powerful women and think this is the standard. Uh, When did we think that to look nice you have to look sexy? When did we believe that lie? You can look nice and it doesn't mean you have to be sexy and show everything. Come on now. My boys, even going to church, I remember we went to a service and we were there and we were worshiping, and then all of a sudden a boy said, Mom, we want to go front. I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, why? I think mean, we we're going to one another. And they just kind of pointed to me and I looked. And in the row in front of us, the girls. This is that church. Had such, such tight shorts that the both of their cheeks were hanging out and they were worshiping the Lord, which I'm glad they were worshiping the Lord. But a poor Christian guy was like, I gotta go somewhere else. And when things happen, we always think, well, it's, 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 the, guy, it's the guy. But let me tell you, moms, we need, if you only have daughters, we need your help. Yes. Those are we need your help. And
1: I'm on Facebook, I see pictures
0: of good, godly, Pentecostal Christian women, women having their daughters on there. Seven, eight years old. Every picture of the girl, every picture of the girl, the seven-year-old girl is Every picture of a seven-year-old, girl. where did she learn that? Where did she learn that? You think, oh, does that really matter? In fact, her mom put the cute little thing, isn't she sassy? I'm like, connect the dots. they're just so lustful they're so lustful and yes they probably are but come on words very real, <laughs> and my man, I was on suicide committing in Exeter for three years. I, I, I'm not saying this facetiously, yeah, not? but where is this? Jesus, Jesus, you make the dark. And so I'll just tell you what I, what I did. And you can even ask my son. He would drive him bananas. I'd go into his room at night while he was sleeping. And I'd pray. And I'd pray over him. i speak in tongues. And I'd pray. And he'd be like, oh, mom's here again. And he'd think of what he saw that day. And he'd just put the cover over his head. And he'd feel so guilty that it was getting to him. Getting to him. Getting to his heart. Huh? Just what will you do? Do you even care enough? Do you even care enough? Oh, I'll take my kid to every single soccer game. I'll buy them the most expensive cleats. I'll do whatever. If the umpire gets onto to my kid too much, I'm in their face. oh, oh, oh. You mean I've got to tell my daughter no? I've got to tell my son I've got to go in there and get his room? What? 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 <laughs> what? Think about it. Think about it. I'm not trying to convince, him. I'm trying to stir us to stand and to fight. To stand and to fight. Think of David. He went down and he was just bringing food. The Philistine army, there was one big giant standing there, coming every day, mocking. Malk in the army of Israel, and his brothers—they knew the same God David did. (laughs) They had the same mom and dad. Ah. Oh, they were scared. They were scared. Oh, what if this? What if that? Oh, what if? What if? The devil operates in the what ifs. Yes. But here comes David. he comes, kind of like maybe what I'm doing today, he's like, what is this? What is going on? This giant is insulting our God. We are his people. He's insulting us. And we're taking it. We're allowing it. We're allowing it. And he's like, is a giant. Let's wake up. I can tell there are warrior women here. Yes. If you don't have children, maybe you have grandchildren. Maybe you have neighbors. Maybe you have sons. Hallelujah. And maybe some of them don't have families to where I can they it on Facebook. It's just picture after picture. I mean, some of my sons have said, Mom, I had to cancel so-and-so. And I'm talking about a relative. I'm like, I know, I did too. As I never know when a pornographic pictures are going to pop up and I don't want that on there. <sighs> and sometimes not only are we allowing it, we're helping them do it. Frieda and I went to a, a No Price Tag Conference and there was a lady there was a assembly goddaughter. daughter. And some things that happened to her, she just got so resentful to God that she went all the way in the porn industry in California. She even was a recruiter of girls. Uh, she came back to the Lord and she was talking. And she said, while I was there, she said, I see moms drive up their daughters at our place thinking they're getting pictures taken and models and the moms just drop them off and leave and she said oh, oh no there's another good mom dropping their daughter off and all in the name of a career and there's nothing wrong with that career there's not i mean as far as being a model i think i think we need more godly models you know but uh this lady was saying how these mothers were concluding and inadvertently offering their daughters on the altar. That's what it is. So we need to fight. First of all, let's stop helping. <laughs> let's open our eyes. Remove the blinders. Remove the blinders. Remove the blinders move them yes. we move them yes. and um, I have two daughters and I, we, we began praying for all of our kids that God would bring a godly spouse for them yeah. and um, someone that would treat them with respect yes. and love and would be willing to wait oh my goodness did I just say that Supposed to wait till marriage yeah. before you have sex. Uh, yeah. and I know uh, anymore. No, nobody does it. But I know four kids who did. I know four who did. And um, you know what? They can trust their spouses. They can trust their spouses. Satan is harvesting the sexuality of a generation, which has released demonic levels of perversion on our planet that we've never seen before. His strategy is to usurp a whole generation, a whole generation's calling. It's not about women's beauty or women's liberating you know, um, some of the most vociferous voices that's telling girls, you need to do this. Oh, I'm so liberated. So that's why the girls buy into it. They buy into it. They see all, all the images constantly, constantly. And they think, that's what I have to do. That's how I have to look to be powerful. But we're women of power. That's right. And it's not It's not that. I'm
1: praying that the army will awaken.
0: Like I said, praying. Praying. Praying over your children. Blessing them. Blessing them. Not cursing them. I put little prayer things or sayings inside the pillowcases of my kids. And they didn't even know it. (laughs) And fasting. 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 That breaks the stronghold. Two or three times when we caught major things that Satan was trying to do with our family, each time it was after a period of an extended fast. What if what if my husband and I hadn't done that? Would we have ever found out till it's too late? We were pastors and we're not any better. In fact, Satan probably fights more. And, it, man, he's finding it so easy just to take our children. There's a gap! There's a gap! I don't care if you feed your kids the best, healthy food! <sighs> you take them to the best doctors. Make sure they're the best educated. Make sure they do their homework every night. Every night! The wall around them educationally is strong. The wall around them physically is strong. But there's this gigantic gap. If you were Satan and you were gonna come into that child, And like I said, sometimes we're even helping them. We're helping them. Do this. I have a passion to help young mothers, not just in this area, but that's why I have those sheets. I have a passion to help young mothers. We can bind together. We can band together. I know there's movements that are trying to get where there will be verification of age at least before uh, they get on these sides. So my sermon is to fight. Confront the lies. We need clarity of vision. Clarity of spirit. We need a depth of resolve. We need to stand and say, I will not turn a blind eye. I will not let this have power over my children. Do you know you have authority? You have authority. I remember a teacher and a, some other, whatever, you know, spoke some things over Jared. And I remember immediately saying, No. <laughs> no. I'm not going to allow that label to be on now there's some things you can't help, I know, but there's some things. Why not stand and fight and say no, <laughs> no, no? Not on my watch. Not with my children. And if it happens, it's gonna go through me first. It'll be I'll die first. It's not all about us. Are our needs being mad? <laughs> Have I had my three pedicures this month? Have I just had? <laughs> to stand. Yeah. It's time to fight. I will not let the enemy have power over my children. Yeah. The devil trembles at Jesus' name. Yeah. I remember I hope Lydia doesn't mind me saying this she was in middle school or so and we had this girl at, at neighbor, not a neighbor, girl but a girl in the community in the church we were trying to help. And this girl just turned like that on Lydia, like a dime, started bullying her (laughs) and bullying her dad. And Lydia's last name, Alverson A, this girl's last name started with a B, so her locker was right under hers, and she would taunt and push. and, And then the teachers in the classes would put the students in alphabetical order, and so this girl was behind Lydia, and we had to go... I think uh, James did went to the school and said, hey, can we move lockers? Can we move her here or there? She was calling our house. This girl was just bullying Lydia. And I hated that as a mom. And I remember I had a job where I was driving down to Oxford, Mississippi. there from Holly Springs. I remember crying all the way. I'm like, Lord, I wish I could just go with Lydia to school today. Sit right by her on her desk. And if this girl tried to do anything, I would be there to stop it. I would. And I would just cry, like, Lord, I can't. And I, would, uh, I wanted to, oh, I hate to see my daughter just being bullied like that. I hated it. And I remember crying all the way. And when I was almost there, I heard God say, I love Lydia more than you do. Yes. I love her even more than you do. I will fight for her. Leave it in my hands. And
1: i learned I that lesson.
0: We can't be there with them on everything. But God loves your child or your grandchild even more than you do. Sometimes we try so hard to protect But if we give it over to God. And the coolest thing about that was I went into work and um, I come into my little desk or something and this lady comes over and says, You have such a peaceful spirit about you today. I was like, What? Because I knew I had wrestled all the way down there for 20 miles with the Lord, just wishing I could be there. But he got through to my thick skin and said, I love her more than you. And I gave it to him. And for as a sign, the Lord had that lady say, you have such a peaceful spirit. And I just couldn't help but grin from ear to ear, And I'm like, well, I know that was the Lord. And you know, the Lord, the Lord did take care of Lydia. And so I want to say, some of you might be afraid because you, if you really want to do this, you're going to have some battles. Because kids and teenagers, they're trying. They're trying to figure out. And they go to school every day. And all of their friends are doing this and doing that. And when they come home, oh, mom and dad are just so out of it, you know? Um, you will have battles. But. The Lord will fight. Remember, you have to get it to Him. Do you really believe the Lord loves your child more than you? So when the devil tries to put ideas like, oh, they might commit suicide. Oh, if I don't let them go, they're going to be out there with their little babies all by themselves. I, I get that. As a mom, I get that. Think on the other hand, you're going to have to stand before God, and you're going to have to get an account for this message. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Oh, my Lord, this has been so heavy, and the warfare has been so heavy. To take up it's time to take up and fight sometimes there's cycles why does this always happen in my family why does this always happen why is this happening why have we not got here not always but sometimes connect the dots my husband and I were talking about that I love connect the dots when I was a little girl <laughs> go ABC and, and when you were done you had this beautiful picture Sometimes you get this real ugly snake or cactus or something, you know. But um, any more people do not connect the dots. They don't go, oh, I made this choice here. <laughs> oh, you mean it's going to affect my kid 10 years later? It might. It's like if you were connecting the dots and you're at A and you're following all along, and then you get down to Z, and you're like, how did I get here? Uh, yeah. And I'm not trying to be sarcastic, I'm not. I'm just trying to get us to see how obvious something is, that we're not. We've got blinders. So, uh, brother, uh, do you have that video? We'll see if we got sound. Okay, I hope we do. This is a free video you can watch on YouTube, but I, I just have the uh, trailer for it. It's called Race, right Don't Porn. So I'm calling for the women here to stand. Like I said, you can watch, it's a 35 minute video and, and they made it free and accessible on YouTube. Who's ready to fight? Who's ready to stand? Who's ready to stand? The worship team will come. I asked them to sing a song. It's like he'll never stop fighting for you. God doesn't stop fighting for us. Amen. Why have we stopped fighting? Why have we stopped fighting? He never stops fighting for us. So I just want you to make a commitment, a fresh commitment. I'm not gonna be lazy. I'm not gonna be selfish. I am a mom. <laughs> should know that by now, you can't be too selfish if you're a mom. If you're doing it right anyway. <laughs> this is part of motherhood. This is just as important that they have three square meals. This is more important that they then getting their shots so they can go to school. This is more important. This is more important. And we need each other to help. Maybe my sons or grandsons won't listen to me, but maybe they'll listen to you. Somebody else in the church that, hey, I, the Lord showed me something last night in a dream about you. We need each other. I just want you to raise your hands in consecration. Think. And Lord, what can I do better? What can I do to become part of this army? A mother's to fight, to fight.